Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Ryan. And this is Unbetween. This episode is the first of a three-part series that we're doing in which we examine what happens when a believer either entrenches, deconstructs, or disengages. And we've mentioned that a couple of times in other episodes, but we're diving in depth into each one of those three things and talking about what they mean, what they've looked like in our experience, and um, kind of how to make sense of them and really how to move past them and where God wants us to land instead of doing one of those things. Ryan starts us off and sums up the problem really, really well. We launch off from there. Hopefully, this will resonate with you. Hopefully, this will be helpful to you. It certainly was to us. I guess as, as we've thought about and as we've talked about deconstructing and, and um, entrenching, disengaging, all, all those things and, and the people who do it, I, I guess one of the things that keeps coming to my mind is why and the reason. And I think what I see, I feel like we've kind of got to start by looking at the number of people who are um, really just utterly disinterested in understanding more about who God is. Um, and what he is, and really, they they don't want to dive into the Bible. Um, they're not wanting to have an understanding of the things of God, but rather than understand God and, and change because of who He is, I feel like they want to almost petition God to understand them, and then hope He will change to be who they are. And if that's mm. not going to happen, then then one of these things does. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. You're in deep thought now. Is yeah, that good or bad? That happens occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, a moment ago you said, this sounds like a cheesy sermon series. I think a lot of people like that. You know what I mean? They like the surface level. This makes me feel good. This makes yeah. me um, feel okay with what I'm doing. And I don't have to change anything. If I don't want to change anything, I'm not going to be challenged. I'm not going to allow speak, God to speak into my life. I'm not going to allow Him to um, mess up my life, if you will. Yeah. And so then if, if I'm not okay with something, what do I do, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think um, there's a lot wrapped up in these three things, and we're going to try to do each one of them justice mm-hmm. in this conversation or series of conversations, as it, turn, as it may turn out to be. But um, yeah, I'm still thinking about what you said. I, have, I need to go have a cup of coffee <laughs> chew on that for a while. Well, and, and again, I mean, I... Some things pop into my head and it's like, should that have or should it have not? Like, mm. am I going to spend a lot of time thinking about something that isn't what I've made it? Um, or, or is this something that's worth thinking about? Yeah. Can you, can you tell me c- kind of where that realization came from? What, what led you to putting it into words that way? So I've had a lot of thoughts probably since Monday. Um, and we've talked about the class I help with a time or two. I've mentioned it, or the class I've taken in the past called Perspectives. And, and I'm, I'm listening to a, our instructor, and she says, um, she brings up this point that I've never really thought about. Maybe I've heard it, but I've never thought about it this way. And she kind of was asking what our motivations are for doing things. And she made the comment, um, and I think she had it listed as God fix or guilt trip or God fix or, or golly, what was it? Or glory fix. 
guilt trip or glory fix. And and the whole purpose was, are, are you doing things um, out of human compassion because you feel like you have to, to care for these people or because you're burdened for these people? Or are you doing it for God's glory hmm. because God yeah. is to be glorified? And, and she, she made the comment that if you're doing it because you're burdened for a people or because of that compassion or, or whatever, um, you're, you're going to burn out. Or what happens when there's a people group um, or, or, or someone who you're not compassionate about or you're not burdened for? You know, oh, well, that's, that's not my burden. That's, God will put that burden on someone. No, it's not, it's not about our burdens. It's about God's glory being um, displayed and given wherever we are. Or and dare so, we say it's, it's a people or person that you don't like or that you yeah. think is wrong or that you think is the enemy. Absolutely. And, and I made a comment during the class this, this past week. I said, you know, anytime I meet someone and I'm just like, you know what, we're not going to drive well, God throws them right in the middle of whatever I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm just of like, course. Why? of course he does. Why? And you know what? <laughs> Oftentimes it ends up where for a season, I do ministry with that person. Yeah. And I end up growing close to them. Not that I agree with them. Not that there's not still frustrations, but for for a reason, God has thrown them right in the middle of where I am because I wasn't about to go do anything with them otherwise. Um, he has a sense of humor, if nothing else. Absolutely. Um, and, and I don't know, when, when, when that was mentioned, I kind of got to thinking about the whole, um, just that aspect of it, of not being burdened for someone, well, I'm not going to do, do this then. And it's not about God's glory then. And then for some reason, I span into thinking about kind of this deconstruction um, aspect or are entrenching, are disengaging. You know, it could be really any of those, but um, when we don't like something that we're hearing about about God, about our lives as believers, as citizens of heaven, to go back to last week, what, what are we doing with that? Are we allowing that to speak to our lives and to change us? Or are we saying, yeah, I don't like that attribute of God, so I'm just going to, you know, either A, pretend I didn't hear it, or B, you know, just completely ignore it or, or start breaking it down and realize, oh, if I don't like that, I probably don't like anything else about the faith I've been mm. speaking of or, or listening yeah. to or whatever. Man, that is a great lead in to these three topics, because I think, I think that'll be helpful for us to keep in mind as we move forward on them, because that really is the underlying problem mm. is there's something here that I don't like that I don't want to deal with. Yeah. And so I respond in one of these three ways. Yeah, and, and that's the case for all of us. You know, I mean, there's something yeah. that we're not comfortable with or may not like. Um, but just because we, doesn't, we don't like it doesn't make it not true, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great jumping off point. So let's get into it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. You want to give a little bit of a breakdown about what we're doing with these next episodes? Yeah. Yeah, I will. So um, in one of our earlier episodes, it might have been the first one, can't quite recall, we talked about how we want these conversations to be about what it means to occupy the middle ground and to, um, to not be defined by our tribes, as it were, but to try to follow Christ as best we can and not let other people do our thinking for us or live our faith for us, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And one of the things that we said was that it's our tendency to either entrench, deconstruct, or disengage, and that either we're building a wall around the church and trying to keep outside influences from getting in it and, you know, keep things the way they are or the way they were, 
way back when, mm. or we're deconstructing the church, which is let's pull down, you know, this is broken, this is abusive, this doesn't speak to our moment in history anymore or our culture. So let's let's tear down and just keep the stuff we're comfortable with and kind of rebuild our faith in our own image kind of thing or, or even just like around the experiences we're having now god's doing a new thing that worked fine then but we need something that works for today kind of yeah. thing and then you relevant have a third is, is the word you're looking for right what's that something relevant maybe the word yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah, for yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there we go uh and then the third response is the person who looks at both of those and says well i i don't want anything to do with either of those but so i, I don't belong anywhere and they disengage from uh, church as a body of believers, and they disengage from other Christians, and they still have faith, they still have a relationship with God, but it's not in community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can hang out in that spot for years. So we wanted to talk about all those, kind of tease them out, give them their time in the sun, as it were, and try to understand each of those responses and why none of them captures what God is after and what he wants from us in, res- in response to whatever's causing that stuff. So yeah. we're going to talk about each one at length. Probably we'll run into more than one episode. I kind of hope it does, actually. I'd like to have extended conversations about e- each of those. But um, yeah, no, we, and I think we welcome The way feedback. We've, we've even had these come up in the past episodes, like I, yeah. I feel like we could sit and talk about it for a long time. And we will. Yeah. And we'll say this again at the end, but uh, we invite feedback on all these because it is likely that each one of these describes you at some point in your life, if you're listening, because I, th- mm. I think we have all had these moments. The trick is, to quote a U2 song, is to not get stuck in those moments because ultimately that's not where you want to live. And really, Entrench may be one of the most interesting to me in some ways. Um, because uh, just my background and I think I mentioned on the first episode being, um, you know, being in a, in a, in a meeting, in a, in a church meeting and someone standing up and saying, you know, I don't know what the Bible says about this, but we've done it this way. Yeah. Um, and that's how we should keep doing it. And, and that's like the perfect example of this to me. Um, and so having been in that kind of a culture and environment for years, um, before I decided to, you know, to kind of listen to what God, where God was leading me and, and, and do, you know, obey. Um, it just, it's very, um, big in my mind. There's a lot around it and, and, and you don't just see it from, I think it's easy to say, oh, well, those are the older people who are just trying to stick to their traditions. And, um, that, that's a lot of it. Sure. But you can't just sum it up that way. You know, there are, um, also younger people who've been brought up in that culture. That's part of why what was with me. And there's things that I, um, you know, though, though not necessarily what that meeting was, there's things that I would have been that way about um, just having been in that culture for, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I, I grew up in church and my dad was a music minister for many years before the term worship pastor was a thing. It was minister of music or music director. And we were all heavily involved, and so we were up there, you know. Mark Lowry, who's a comedian, <laughs> he, he, the way he put it was, if the if the uh, pastor was going to wash the windows on Thursday night, we filled our pew and we watched him do it. 
<laughs> is that yeah. kind of thing. You know, we did all the stuff and, and, um, you know, my, my parents did a really good job. I would say, I think everything they did, they did with the right intent, but they're human like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And there were times that they didn't get it right. I'm sure. But, um, th- there was never, if there was entrenchment, it, it didn't come from, uh, it came from a good place. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people yeah. is that nobody, nobody sets out to build, to build a wall thinking that I'm going to keep everything bad out and we're just going to huddle in here. I don't think that's where it comes from most of the time. But anyway. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's that protection aspect. Yes, it is. I'm going to protect what's sacred. I'm going to um, make sure nothing defiles it. That, that kind of attitude, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I was in a lot of those environments as a young person. Went to a went to a Christian school that was also like that. Again, I, I think very well-meaning. But a lot of what I experienced was very us versus them, was very, this is how it is and you don't question it or think about it. This is how it is and you need to fall in line. This is the way we've always done it. Not necessarily mm-hmm. from the pulpit, but just that it, it seeps down into the carpet, as it were. Right. And, you know, there's a difference between, um, like, in business circles, we talk about leadership and influence a lot. And the people with the influence may not necessarily be the ones who sit in the pastor's office. And that's definitely true in churches mm-hmm. a lot in that you have all this, uh, what's called soft power running around in that yeah. you have folks who have a very strong perspective that either it needs to stay the way that it is, or we need to get back to the way that it was, you know, back when our nation was Christian or back when Christians were authentic and it wasn't all commercial, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and, and there's probably some truth to that is the thing. It's not to say that our nation or our culture or our church culture has not, has not drifted from God's intent. I think, I think that there's truth to that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think our response should be, okay, we're going to put the walls up. And a lot of my experience, I I would look around and people who existed in that environment, you have to shelter them. You have to keep them so corralled, only Christian music, only Christian literature, only Christian movies, only Christian events, only hang out with Christians. And pretty soon the whole, the point of the whole thing, which was, you know, go, go live your lives in such a way that people see, well, there's. God is really at work amongst these people and I want some of that for myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're generous with me and they love me despite where I am in my life. And, and I, I want some of that. You, you create this whole subculture of that, that ends up being Christian in name and not much else a lot of the time. And I hate to put it that way. And that sounds like a harsh way to put it, but you know, a, um, a Christian is a person and that's it. And yeah. anything else that carries that name is just an industry or a marketing thing. Mm. I heard it put that way once. I think it was Derek Webb that said that. And, um, mm. you know, when I was kind of late teens, I had some people in my life who I very much still respect who would nudge and prod and say, well, you, have you thought about this? Have you read this? Have you owned this? And really push to say, you know, do you actually know what you believe? Do you know why? 
can you put it into words? And you have somebody who does that in love, but still, you know, pushing you because that's what love does sometimes. Before long, you start to look around and think, huh, this doesn't, this doesn't look like what I'm reading in the scriptures or why do we do this this way? And you find that that's often very unwelcome. Mm. Or at least in a lot of the experiences I had, it seemed pretty unwelcome. And um, I had to, we can talk more about this when we talk about deconstruction. I had that period where I had to really ask honest questions about, well, do I believe in God then? Do I believe that the scriptures are true? If yes to those, then what does this, what does this mean for this thing that I've in that doesn't look like what the scriptures describe? Mm-hmm. And I kind of, with God's help and the help with, of other people that love me, I had to navigate all that stuff until I came to the point where I say, okay, well, if I really trust God, I know that trying to understand him better, trying to understand the scriptures better, trying to seek truth with a capital T more is only going to lead me closer to him. So I don't have to be afraid of these things. I don't think we can, we can have this conversation without even kind of talking about how these connect. I mean, yeah. there's almost a circle where people have questions if they think differently and they bring that up, there's going to be an entrenchment on someone's side. And when yeah. it's, no, you shouldn't question this, this is how it is, then what's that going to cause that person to do? They're either going to disengage and just ignore it, or they're going to start to, to break it down and try and deconstruct. Yeah, And, and it, it's probably even a cycle of how they all kind of work together in some way, but I, I don't think you can really dig deep in, into one without seeing how it causes someone else to do the other. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. And the thing is, the, the downside of entrenchment is if anything ever gets over that wall, you're screwed. Because you have no other defenses. (laughs) Now what kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, Because what what I saw so many times was people around me who were so so entrenched, either because they'd been taught to be or because they... And that that was what it was a lot of the time. People were told what to think and what to believe and Mm -hmm. what to avoid. And it was much more about what you don't do than what you do. And yeah. we're a lot we quicker t- to say what we're against than what we're for. Certainly. Yeah. It's a lot easier to build your identity that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And when you build your identity on, I'm against all of this, well, you actually haven't built anything. Like you, you don't, you don't validate from within your, your life has no inner fire to it because it's not been animated and activated by the spirit of God. And you're spending all of your time and energy trying to keep stuff out. And um, what I would see is that people who had been in that environment either being totally duplicitous, they would be two totally separate people depending on who they were around. And I felt that at times too. Or they would get really good at not making waves and just telling people what they wanted to hear while they continued to, you know, kind of do their own thing. Or they would buy in totally to this kind of mindset of entrenchment. But once they were exposed to something new or a new environment or a new set of people or had that first kind of breath of outside air, 
it would destroy their faith. It would destroy mm. the person that they were. And um, sometimes it wouldn't take as long. Sometimes it would take longer. But some you'd run into those people after a while, and it's like, oh wow, you really, <laughs> um, you really didn't have much to hang on to to begin with. And I, I say that I hope I say that gently because I certainly had those moments where I was like, Is, does any of this even matter? Do I even care about any of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I think I summed it up a minute ago. That's that's the danger of entrenchment. You're only as good as the the thickness and the height of your wall. And if anything ever gets over it, you're not going to be prepared to face it because you've been depending on that wall to define what your what your life is going to be. Yeah, and it's a very legalistic way to be. So, yeah, um, and I think I, I my example earlier, kind of as we started about entrenchment. I, I mean. A lot of what the situation was about it were these legalistic things that um, it's easy to get caught up over. Yeah. But entirely unbiblical. Um, and, or, and sometimes that's what we make the focus. Yeah. Or in let's let's talk about what we mean by unbiblical because this uh, a lot of times what you have is is this um, we we talked about zooming in to like the sentence or the word on the mm-hmm. in the scriptures an episode or two ago and about how we will we will go super specific and get we'll take one sentence and we'll build our theology on that one sentence and we'll totally ignore the overall arc of the chapter the the letter the argument the author you know the testament whatever whatever you know the uh the context is and uh there were so many walls I saw being put up on the flimsiest of foundations mm-hmm. because as you said a minute ago, it's more comfortable to not have to dig deep and to make sure that you're building on something that has substance. Yeah. We've talked a lot about the Instagram post and, and, um, the best example of that it's always that peaceful scene with, you know, be still and know that I am God. And it's easy to focus on that part of it as, Hey, everything's going to be okay. But you know what? There's more to that verse than that. Like there's yeah. this back half of it that says I'm, I will be exalted among the nations, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I'll be exalted in the earth, that I'm, I'm a big deal, you know? Yeah. And, and so you can have your peace, but that's not what I'm trying to tell you here. What I'm trying to tell you is that um, I, I demand more than you can give. So thankfully there's grace, <laughs> but, um, but that, that I'm going to be made known despite your leanings or your yeah. desire to stay this way or... Maybe despite your disinterest altogether, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be glorified either way, but I'm inviting you to play a part in that. There's a quote that has stuck with me from a gentleman named John Mark Comer, whom mm-hmm. I heartily recommend. He's an author and a pastor and a teacher, and he's solid is a good word for him. But um, one of the things he said was, the real God, the true God is anything but controllable, and you are not an authority on what he is or is not like. Hmm. <laughs> That'll preach, yeah. eh? Wait, you mean our opinions don't matter? <laughs> <laughs> um, getting back to the whole biblical thing, you know, you, you mentioned the word unbiblical in our kind of approach to a minute ago. There, so many times in the scriptures, the people of God who were supposed to be the ones who understood what God wanted so that they could live in such a way that the nations around them would see, wow, their God is really blessing them. He's really protecting them he's really at work among them 
we want some of that. All of, you mm-hmm. know, all of our gods aren't cutting it. That was always the intent from the earliest chapters of Genesis, really, on to the end. That's the overall arc of the story. Yeah. And at so many points along the way, God will send people to his people to say, you guys have totally missed the point. And you're doing these rituals and you have, you have this whole thing built around the wrong things and you haven't even noticed that I left. This happens in Ezekiel. The Ezekiel goes and he, uh, the, the folks that he's talking to are celebrating and they're having their religious services and they're all, and they're all about God's here, God's here. And he says, no, he, didn't you see him leave a minute ago? Mm-hmm. Like the train left the temple and you, and you guys missed it. And you're over here bragging how you're, you're God's favorite nation and that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. And then later on, um, Jesus talking to the religious leaders of his day. This is in Matthew 27, the, the seven woes. And he's saying things like, you have cleaned the outside of the cup and you've left all this garbage on the inside. And you are whitewashed tombs who look great on the outside, but you're full of just you know filth and refuse and just nothing of use and you've um you you tithe even your spices out of your cupboard but you've forgotten mercy and you ignore the principles upon which the law was built and that is what i saw or what i've seen a lot when entrenchment kind of becomes the law of the land is you uh, you forget why you were chosen in the first place you forget mm. the invitation and the great grace and the gulf that uh, that God had to spawn, span to get to you, because you're so busy busy building walls and gulfs of your own to separate yourself, you know, on your holy hill. That is a great point, and, and I feel like this this is bouncing around, but so much of this just goes straight together as part of the conversation. I feel like kind of what we've talked about, even with America, in order to live the American dream, you've probably got to entrench a little bit to be comfortable with it. Yeah, um, because in many cases that that requires you to ignore what God has asked you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the blessings that others are, are supposed to to see. The, the best way I've heard that put is that we are blessed to be a blessing. Yes, our blessings don't end with us; they're for us to carry out and to give to others, so that they can see who Christ is, so they mm-hmm. can see who God is, and know Him. And um, that's not easy to do. We, we've made the point: if you're going to follow the Holy Spirit, you better buckle up. And hold on tight because it's going to take you places you're not comfortable. And it's going to take you places where it's hard to live out the American dream and and to do these things that you so desire to do. Um, And so how do you do that happily? You just have to completely entrench and not worry about it. Or there's other things you can do throughout that. Yeah. But but that's a big part of it. Well, and let's, let's just admit that the Christian life is not about you being happy. And in fact, a lot mm. of the time you won't be, but if you take God seriously at his word, you will be joyful. And that's different. Uh, I'm, I'm at a season in my life in which being joyful is important because I don't, one is not always happy, <laughs> you know, taking care of the things that you have to take care of every day and doing it well and doing it with a good attitude and doing it with, um, I heard a phrase recently, I couldn't tell you where, but we should start and end each day with gratitude and wonder. And I've been trying to do that because I think that's really good, wise advice. What do I have to be grateful for? And what, uh, what wonderful things is God doing or has he done that I can appreciate? 
I was walking my dog earlier and I came out of my driveway and the, the moon was out and like it was shining through the clouds and I, and, um, an owl flew by. <laughs> that sounds kind of hokey, but it, like, I, I love create God's creation and kind of appreciating it and being a part mm-hmm. of it. And I was just like, uh, it was just, just a little cool moment. Like, wow, that's, that's beauty that God has caused to be totally independent of me, but I get to experience mm-hmm. it. And he didn't have to do that. But at the same time, I don't necessarily want to be walking this dog twice every day, you know, for 20 <laughs> that's or 30 what it minutes. takes to get this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, that, that's just that. It's a difficult perspective to maintain, especially when our, uh, it's hard to have joy in, in your fortress. You, really, you don't really need it because you're secure from anything that you would need joy to overcome. It does. It requires you to, to kind of keep away from anything that might be a struggle. Yeah. And, and putting it together that way, I mean, look at Romans 5. I think it's 3 through 5 where it says, um, therefore we take joy in our struggle or take mm-hmm. joy in our tribulation because um, tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And I mean, there's a reason it says to take joy in it. You know, yeah. not because it's fun, um, but because th- there's something better at the end of that. Yes. We talked about sharpening a lot mm. in the last couple episodes, and we talked about becoming, and the only way to make a tool that is useful for anything is to go through the process of making it useful. And mm-hmm. people are like swords in that way, I think is the way that we put it. In, um, in Spanish, hope... And wait are the same word, which I thought was cool. Because in English, I hope now means I wish, mm-hmm. not I expect. And right. so in, in Spanish, they're the same word, esperar, is to wait and to hope. Mm-hmm. And that, that's pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's where we have to be careful is where is our hope? Um, yeah, man. And I think that's... Ultimately, that's what entrenching is, is a lack of hope. Because we are not in a lack of trust. I don't trust God enough that he is going to protect me and sustain me and fulfill my wants and desires if I submit Mm -hmm. them to him. And so I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to keep out the things that get in the way of me accomplishing what I think needs to happen. I don't need... I don't need to trust God to protect me if I've got this wall up and if I've got the, the, this gate closed. You don't need it. Nothing ever yeah. comes in that you'd need to protect yourself from. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's interesting. You know, I, we mentioned being told what you believe. I think there are people who are fine with that. They can be told that, um, and that's fine. Now, part of me wants to say I think those people probably don't pick up their Bible enough um, not that I'm never there, but I, I, I don't know how you could be told something and just be fine with that for the rest of your life if you're picking up your Bible. Like there should be some kind of growth, some kind of revelation, something um, that you're learning that's maybe not what you were told. Unless the person that told you just happened to get it perfectly right. But that's well, where man, things... Think, go ahead. I think part of that is in entrenched cultures, churches, denominations, theological systems, whatever, you are taught which parts of the Bible you should read. 
mm. and which ones you should avoid and how they should be used and what you should expect. Yeah. And the, the net results of those things is that you're not going to go near those scary parts. Yeah. Or if you do, it's because somebody has already told you what you should take away from them. Well, and even how often do people say, well, that's in the Old, Old Testament. That doesn't apply now. Oh, geez. How many times have you heard that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, there's a reason it's there. And that may be the law, and we may be free of the law now, but there is, it, it's there for a reason. Even if that reason is to point out the law, you know? We, man, that is, I, I have three hours worth of stuff at least <laughs> on that subject alone. I, I'll say this, though. Um, of Christ, it said that he, now that he is here, the law is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that word means, okay? Fulfilled in the sense that the law served its intended purpose, which in the overall arc of scripture is to demonstrate our inability to follow it. Mm -hmm. But there is so much truth with a capital T and so much of the heart of God contained in the law Mm -hmm. that we would be fools if we ignored or set aside. Absolutely. And and Christ is the fulfillment of the law. He, He is justice being served on our part. And if we don't understand what that is, we don't realize really how desperate we really are. Yes. And, and I think that's a problem. You know, I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who really don't understand how, um, I, get, I get a lot of flack for saying this sometimes, but how worthless we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the greatest things I ever come to realize was how worthless I am, um, how bad I can be, how capable I am of doing everything wrong. But then God, you know, rich in mercy. Yeah, and, and, and you understand that grace and understand um, the, the need for that and the inability for me to do anything to attain that. Yeah. Um, well, let's be, let's be clear. There was grace before there was sin. There's grace mm-hmm. in the first, on the first page of Genesis absolutely. in which a God who is wholly other and infinite extends himself to us who are finite mm-hmm. and gives us a station and a position and a call and a task far beyond our merit. But he did it because he loved us. And that mm-hmm. was before anything bad happened. That's always been a part of his character and always been the nature of our relationship. Yeah. There's a clip in which um, there's some theologians kind of taking questions on this panel and R.C. Sproul is there. And, um, and someone has something about, you know... Um, the way the situation was handled in, in, in Genesis with Adam and Eve and, you know, why, um, why didn't God show mercy or something? I can't remember exactly how I was worded, but his reply was, what is wrong with you people? Like, there was the, a huge extent of mercy and grace shown to the, the situation. Um, like, what, what are you talking about? You yeah. know? Um, yes, that, that was sin that set in motion what was to be set in motion yeah but there was grace still mm-hmm. um, i mean biblically there there's something does, does it not say we should be struck dead essentially you know or yeah. that's the punishment and where's the grace what do you mean where's the grace yeah well and this is an important component of entrenching of entrenchment i should say because there's also this undercurrent of we are the chosen we are set apart we are holy and they are not God looks on us with favor, not them. And again, these are things that like, there's a kernel of truth, but it's been extrapolated out 
into this system of belief and life that utterly excludes anybody who is not exactly like you. Mm-hmm. And that does not seem to be what God is in the business of. And again, we're not talking about excusing sin or excusing, um, I don't want to say unorthodoxy because that gets into odd waters, but um, it was never about us owning the truth. It was never about us having having the merit to to the station of the position to which God called us. It was always about God and his character and the fact that he extended himself to us. And so how can we be arrogant of anything then? Well, we, we don't want to waste our time, I think is kind of what it, it comes down to in some cases. I mean, in order for us to be in a position to to talk with people, to not say this is us and them, you know, we, we've got to be invested in people's lives. Yeah. And, and you know what happens to people who start doing that? You get burned. Whew. You know, there's things you see. And so eventually, we as people say, you know what? I, I'm going to try and figure out who this person is real quick. Like if I can do it in three minutes, awesome. And then I can either put them in this box or this box to where I know if I need to waste my time or not. If I know I'm going to get burned because of past experiences. I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. I'm not going to invest that kind of time when I've got all these other things in my personal life that are more important to me. And so we check them off. They're them. Um, and I'm going to leave that alone. And, and, and what that does is leaves no room for us to truly disciple someone. Unless they happen to be just like us and we check them in that box. Yeah, and that's hard because on the one hand, you jive with who you jive with. That is true. But also, this is a God who calls his followers to love their enemies. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean for these kinds of situations? And a lot of times for us, it's not even enemies, at least for those of us who live in the United States. It's not like enemies as in people who are trying to do you harm or wish you ill, but this dude's just annoying or gosh, his taste in music is bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or things like that. And, And those are just... It's even more selfish. It's not even the base, I'm trying to preserve my life or my, uh, the lives of my family or their safety. It's, it's just, I don't want to deal with this person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to put a wall up. Yeah. Or unfollow them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Someone disagrees with you, so you shut them out. You know, and, and you think you're doing some justice, like... Oh, they're, they're so wrong. So I'm just, I'm not going to allow them to see my Facebook and I'm not going to watch theirs anymore. Yeah. Who cares? Like all you've done is break a bridge where maybe you could have actually made a difference and you've put them probably a step further from caring. Yes. And, and this is, uh, it touches on the online stuff cause that's where so much of life occurred. Well, no, I'm going to back up on that. That is where so much of the illusion of our mm-hmm. lives occurs. That's not where real life really happens, but there's so much time and thought and energy that's put into what happens in that space that we're obliged to talk about it. That is not to say that there isn't a moment where you say, okay, I just, I I don't think this is going to happen. We are, we can't even have a conversation on this medium. And, and it's mm-hmm. sort of like, if you can't get somebody to have a cup of coffee with you, then is, is that even really a relationship? Hmm. So, you know, if, if there's just, 
if somebody is so entrenched in a particular tribe that they just can't hear you at all, I do think there's a time when the Spirit of God in His wisdom will nudge you and say, hey, this is a shake the dust off your feet kind of thing. And there's mm-hmm. principle for that in the scriptures. It says of when Jesus was in Nazareth that he couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So eventually mm-hmm. he just said, all right, bye. Yeah. Um, Paul at one point said, okay, well, I'm going to go to the Gentiles now because <laughs> y'all are not having it. So it, it's not that that's not ever appropriate, but I think a lot of the time our reasons for doing stuff like that are selfish and they're not because God has said, okay, it's time to move on. Well, yeah, and I mean... And we're even similar in the fact that the Jews weren't really comfortable with the message being taken to the Gentiles. Or, or think yeah. of Jonah, you know? Oh, boy. I mean, we want to see the, the wrath of God poured out on people who disagree yes. with us. Not yeah. even that they disagree with God, but they disagree with us. So Yeah, for sure. It's, it's um, you forget the height from which you fell pretty mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and and sometimes it's almost as if we stopped ourselves from falling. You know, and the mm-hmm. fact is, we would still be falling if falling if not for for God. You know, I've got a quote here that's going to take me just a second to find, but it's going to be worth it. So hang on. This is um, this quote, and I forget who who was talking, who was doing the talking. This is commenting on what happens in Judges two. Very quickly within the course of just a couple of generations of Israel being now settled in the promised land, they forget who they are, they forget their story, and they forget the kind of life that they are called to in relationship with God. Hmm. And if that's not entrenchment, I I think that you you said it at the beginning, that's what leads to it, is this fundamental... uh, you know, we experience a moment of God's goodness. Yeah. And we think, well, I just want to camp out here and hold on to it. Keep that blessing for ourselves. Yes. And because, because who doesn't like to be blessed? Who doesn't like to experience good things? I mean, we're, we have senses, you know? There's, there are mm-hmm. many good things in God's good world to experience. But we end up worshiping creation rather than the creator. Mm. And a lot of times that creation we're worshiping is ourselves and our own desires and wants and experiences and um it is really easy sometimes when we feel secure and we feel comfortable and we feel blessed for lack of a better word to think well this is just the the way that it is and we begin to think that we have a right to it there's a line Mm -hmm. in um some of the like uh the pre-roll to fellowship of the ring talking about hobbits and it said they um, they began to think that uh, quiet and comfort were the rule in Middle Earth and the right of mm. all sensible folk. Mm. And yeah. that, I mean, that, that, that really, I think that is the mindset that in large part leads to it, is this the desire to let's keep things comfortable for ourselves, even if that means putting up all these defenses. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly what happens. And we start looking for what everything starts pertaining to us. You know, I, I don't know. We mentioned on another episode, I, one of the problems is that we oftentimes read the Bible looking for ourselves instead of looking for God. 
And that's a problem. And then, you know, what else we start doing? We start asking and and praying, God, show me your will for my life. Well, oftentimes we're just looking to try and justify what we want for our lives when we pray that way, I feel like. Um, Really what we should be praying is, God, what's your will? What's your purpose? Mm -hmm. And then let's just get on board with that and, and run with it, you know, instead of trying to figure out ways to make ourselves happy where we're at and stay where we're at comfortable yeah. doing the things that that we don't want to do that that don't take as much time because i mean i honestly i think part of the reason that 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 i said at the first of the episode came out i i just see so many people who even are christians that are completely uninterested in giving time yeah to understanding god and who mm-hmm. he is you know what if it's listening to a sermon that tells me five ways i can be stronger and, and spend my money in a Christian way, and that, which I'm not saying those are bad principles, but we're more comfortable with that than, than truly listening to, to something that's going to sharpen us. It's time for solid food, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. there was a time for thinking as a child, but at some point you've got to move past that. Yeah. There's a point you needed to be told things. But at some point, you've got to start living and out and understanding. And, and that's, you know, I've almost maybe even taken that to, to the extreme with my kids, my wife and I, because we're very strong on, and I would say the same thing you are. My, my parents raised me in a great way. Her parents raised her in a great way. No problems with that. But um, we also want to be aware that we would love for our kids to start seeing this as their belief earlier than probably we did. Hmm. Um, yeah. For them to start saying, here's what I believe, instead of me saying, hey, here's what we believe. You know, here's, here's what you believe. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> let's read the Bible and, and start talking to me. Let's have dialogue and let's explore that together so you don't become an 18-year-old who's uncomfortable with something that you just heard for the first time and decide that that doesn't jive with what you've been told the rest of your life. Or when you have somebody who asks you in good faith an honest question about the scriptures or about christianity or god and you don't know what to say to them because Mm -hmm. you've never bothered to i say never bothered because you either haven't ever been in a situation where you've had to think about it or you've never bothered yeah man i i I remember times when i was younger asking questions like that (laughs) There, there, there are two two things in particular i was with my mom somewhere and we passed by something billboard church and and i said we don't believe that, do we? <laughs> <laughs> and it's such it, an innocent question. Like, yeah. And, and there, there was another time that, you know, I grew up in uh, Southern Baptist churches primarily, as a, as a child anyway. And there was one time I was at, I was talking, I think it was again, I was talking to mom and I said, we're talking about different denominations. And I said, but, but we're right, aren't we? Hmm. It, it's <laughs> yeah it's the checkbox you know, uh, we're, we're right yeah well yeah. And, I, and again those were honest questions i had and i didn't think anything uh, weird of them at the time but thinking back it was like oh well that that very easily could have continued for me mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think in some ways it, it requires us to take a step back because i'm i'm very comfortable with conflict um i like discussion I um, 
like to be right, you know. <laughs> but my wife pointed out the other day because I mentioned something in a conversation I'd had with someone, and I expected a little pushback, and I got nothing. Um, and, and I wasn't trying to like seek pushback. I just was feeling it was probably going to come, and and there was just a lot of quiet. And she kind of made the point, well, um, you were very, you love conversation. You're willing to listen. You're willing to banter back and forth about something, but you're also very persuasive and and then difficult to persuade at the same time so yes don't be surprised when some people don't want to have that much dialogue around it you know and it's like okay well how do i need to be different how do i need to handle myself in different because it's not necessarily the entrenching that we're talking about but in a way if i'm portraying myself as so stuck on this one thing that no one even wants to talk to me i'm not able to do what i may feel like i need to either or may yeah. may not be able to share something that's that's helpful to someone because they see me as not going to budge. I and mean, maybe I'm not, but that attitude is also going to going to shut down any kind of conversation. Yeah, and you have to. I th- I think you are. I think it speaks well of you that you're demonstrating your willingness to ponder even that you know essential component of yourself and say, mm-hmm. is is this okay? Is it okay that I'm like this? Do I need to pull it back? Yeah, and I um. Those are moments as people of faith we have to have. And man, self-awareness is just no fun. Mm-hmm. The sifting work of the spirit a lot of the times is not fun. It's liberating ultimately and it's freeing and you come out on the other side of it much better off. But it's a lot easier to talk about those things than it is to experience them. Mm. And the thing is, if you entrench, you don't have to go through any of that because all your questions are already answered. and you already know because your tribe tells you the kind of person that you need to be in the boxes you need to check. And it's so much easier. Yep. And if you don't toe the line, it's going to cause a problem and they're going to set you straight, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've seen that way too often, mm-hmm. man. Um, and, and I don't want to come across as being, I mean, I, I get all of this. Like I understand why people would entrench. I, I look around, I made a, a comment I probably shouldn't have made the other day. And I, I honestly probably shouldn't say it here, but, um, I'm going to anyway. I, I made the comment. I see why people start cults. Like with some of the craziness in the world and some of the crazy beliefs, it, it almost seems like you're helping yourself to start a commune and all shelter down. And hey, we all believe the yeah. same. So we're protected here. But if you do that, kind of same thing with Tower of Babel. If you're not listening to what God is telling you to do and dispersing, God's going to make you, you know, he's going to deal with that. We're not called to, to hunker down and be happy and live in our nice little community where there's no rifts or um difference is we are called to again live in the tension you know to to be in places that are uncomfortable and and this is the thing um you know the come out from among them and be separate is one of those verses that communities of faith that are more entrenched like to zero in on those kinds of threads in the scriptures Mm -hmm. those are in there but they only work if you zoom in on them microscopically because when you zoom back out and you see how those fit into the larger narrative you have paul saying things like oh i'm not saying don't have anything to do with i'm, I'm talking about people in the church who act mm-hmm. like the world and and he says i, and I forget where this is sorry y'all um he says i'm not talking about people who act terrible who are not believers then you'd have to remove yourself from the world entirely <laughs> that's not what i'm saying it is is uh, that's my paraphrase um, but he, he in that, he makes 
no bones about the fact that he he's not saying you need to, in the literal sense, remove yourselves from the pagan society that you're living in. And that's not what the church in the first, second, or third century did. Mm-hmm. I heard something the other day, and I wish I could remember where I heard it, but they, they brought up, um, you know, okay, you're not throwing the stone, but how about setting it down, you know? Huh. Um, are we so guarded of everything that we're just intimidating to have any kind of conversation to others? Um, yeah. Because ultimately, when you build a wall, it's going to p- keep people out. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the overall narrative of the scriptures is that this is a God who lays a table and flings the doors open wide and says, y'all come on. Mm -hmm. And when the people he invited didn't come, he sends his servant out and he says, go to the byways and the towns and the highways and bring in the beggars and the lepers and everybody else. And anybody who will come bring them in. Mm. And he can't do that if you're entrenched. Exactly. He calls us to do likewise, and that's uncomfortable, and it's often not fun, and often the person you're sitting next to at that table may not be who you would have picked, but it's who God invited, just like he invited you. Yeah, maybe a good indication that that's where you're supposed to be. Thank you so very much for listening to this conversation. But more than just listening, we would like you all to participate. If you have had some experience with the kind of entrenchment that we've been talking about in this episode, we'd love to hear from you, whether it was something you went through yourself or something that you saw happening in a church you were a part of or your family or friends' lives. If we get enough feedback, we may do a recap episode after we do all three and incorporate some of that feedback and tell some of your stories if you'd be willing to share them with us. You can reach us at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. And please, again, subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating on whatever platform you listen. That actually helps quite a bit. And if there's somebody that you know that you think would benefit or appreciate the show, please share it with them. Also, one minor housekeeping note. Uh, I quoted a couple of scripture references, or tried to anyway, and uh, the, script, the passage in Matthew is Matthew 23, not Matthew 27. And the one from the Apostle Paul that I was trying to remember is 1 Corinthians 5. Thank you again so much for listening. Thank you.